0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Second and 12 from his own goal line with time. And that
0: ball is intercepted. B.J. Goodson off the deflection. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan.
1: Hey, Grump, you're going to have to deal with me this weekend. Uh, the Cranky Fan is getting very old, and he was at his high school reunion, so shout-out to the boys down there who are actually our giant fans and listen to the show, but I drank a lot this weekend, and I have a shoddy voice, so you all going to have to deal with me for this one.
0: Well, that's, that makes two of us. I had to attend a toga party, which is somewhat related. <laughs> fell out some stairs it was a whole thing
1: yeah so let's pretend like there's no pictures from this past weekend because <laughs> it won't be pretty but how can they find us grump oh.
0: well you can find a, a couple of pictures of us in addition to the podcast on soundcloud <laughs> itunes google play podbean you name it we're there yeah. <laughs> just uh, be sure to subscribe for free, and that way you don't have to search for us anymore. It's just sitting there waiting for you each time a new episode is up.
1: And we don't have to tell you every single time. Go to SoundCloud, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, wherever. Columbia Record House 12 cassettes for a dollar or a penny or whatever. Just It'll be in your feed every Tuesday morning, so...
0: And if you've been listening to us on all or some of those platforms, you know that we are in the last stretch of our season preview. So this is our way too early, doesn't really matter, just our prediction based on where it's looking um, preview of how we think the games are going to roll. Obviously, it means nothing. It's just sort of our analysis of where the Giants are at now.
1: And how are we looking right now, Grump? I have a feeling... Mine are not very good. So we're, we're at the
0: final four games here. Um, at this point, the Cranky Fan has the Giants at four wins and eight losses, which <sighs> is probably, what, third or last in the division? Probably closer to last.
1: I'm going to say at this moment, probably last in division, although let's see how bad Washington is. They could be pretty brutal, too.
0: I was slightly more optimistic, but... Only in record, not necessarily in what the display is on the field. Um, and I have the Giants at six and six.
1: And, and you know something, Grump. I, you know, we may have talked about this last week, but I kind of feel the opposite of that. Where our play on the field might be better than last year, but the record may not indicate it based on the matchups and what we're trying to do. So my four and eight may not be indicative of how much better this team actually will be playing from they were in the beginning of the year and from last year. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into the records, obviously. Matchups, who's playing better than others? You know, is Daniel Jones a starter? Blah, 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 blah. Injuries, but I'm going to say we're going to be 4-8 and eight at this point, but not as miserable as we were last year. Miserable not making the playoffs, but not like this team is hopeless.
0: I 100% agree. I think what we see on the field is going to be better than last year, but... My, I think the point I'm making is what we see in the field is not going to be as good as the record I'm indicating. So there might be some ugly wins in there, maybe some lucky ones, uh, you know, things like that. They're not going to be – when you picture a team that's 6-6, six and six, it's not going to be the Giants you see out there. But it'll still be an improvement over last year, which, you know, with, what a miserable start to the year it was.
1: hmm Completely agree.
0: So we're going to jump right in. Uh, and it's it's a bit of a meat grinder. So we, we had just faced the Bears in Chicago, then the Packers at home, which doesn't really matter where you're playing the Packers. And then we jumped to December 9th at 8.15 p.m. playing at Philadelphia. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah, and so <laughs> I can't remember the last time the Giants performed under pressure on a Monday night game. It seems like
1: forever. Uh, I can't even think either. Usually you play under pressure and fold under the pressures, but uh, this has the makings of potentially a blowout.
0: Yeah, I'm going to put it like this. This is a loss in pen, and I'll say it as diplomatically as I can. This team is still at least two solid pass rushers, one playmaker, and some solid depth players away from beating Philly in Philly at night on Monday
1: that all might be true by playing Philly at home on a Sunday at one p m as well but i
0: don't think I don't think as much is needed in those situations again the the worst team in the league and the best team in the league don't have a huge difference in talent. I don't think um that being said, it's just that is a hostile atmosphere. Uh, there is a real home field advantage, I think, for Philadelphia in this situation. Sure. Against the Giants. Um, night game, Philly's on a roll. I, I think they're in first place in the division at this point. Um, and, and quite frankly, it, it just those key pieces that are missing, like I said, the two solid pass rushes, they're all the things that are needed specifically to beat this team. I mean, Carson Wentz is just too good improvising on the move. And both of Philadelphia's lines are really, really good. I mean, this offensive line is still, you know, it's another year of we'll see how it goes. Even though it looks like they've improved everything, you know, it's just we, we don't know. We have no basis. There's been no consistency, you know, over the past couple of years. So it's just the, the right pieces to compete with this team aren't there.
1: Not yet. Not yet. And that's going to be one of the uh, things that Gettleman's going to have to think about as he's you know shaping this roster. You don't just kind of get talent to fit a system. You also have to kind of keep an eye on who are those teams that you play twice a year. Like you know, it's nice to have like a you know a great record and everything. But the goal for every season to start is to win your division. And when you're playing the Phillies and the Dallases twice, you want to build, you know, based upon based upon your normal schemes on on defense and offense something that you know when you're matching up against these two teams and potentially through to Washington that it's not one of those like you're saying we're not we're not we can't play with this team for x y and z so something to look at as we're building this roster you know are we keeping an eye on you know a quarterback like Dak Prescott you know are we going to keep an eye on you know the pass rush of, of Philly, for example. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I, I think this is an interesting little uh, diversion here. And do we think that if you're building a defense, you know, pretty much from scratch, this is what we're working with right now over the past two years in this division? What are you trying to stop first? Uh, you know, the run or the pass? And I think I think it's it's a pretty good numbers game to try and stop. The run. I mean, if you if you look at the way the division is shaped out, you know Dallas is definitely anchored around Ezekiel Elliott, um, and you know it's it's a little bit lucky we didn't really know how Washington was going to shake out. But now, as you look at it with the running back core that they have and the lack of offensive weapons on the outside, it's if you had to play the numbers game and pick one before the other, I, I think they they kind of might have picked right by getting the defensive lineman and waiting a little bit on the outside linebacker.
1: I think so. I think you work inside out and closest to the ball out when you're building your cores. So I think they're doing it the right way. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know, I I wouldn't have agreed with that maybe a couple months ago with Josh Allen sitting on the board, but I I, I am man enough to admit that I might have been wrong about that. might be Mm -hmm. better off to build from the inside out.
1: So we're both we're both pretty much in agreement that this is a loss in pen. We really shouldn't uh, spend too (laughs) much spend too much time dealing with this one because we may be going to bed early that night. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. So you know, as as much as we're talking about the numbers game in this division, that that means sacrificing you know being competitive against Philly for a year. Um, I just I I struggle to see how they're going to contain Carson Wentz with the team that they have right now. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, you've got that as loss in pen also. So now we've got me at six and seven and you at four
1: and nine. Let me say something, Grumpy. We're at four and nine. That's probably putting us, you know, starting to think about the draft at that point because, you know, four and nine, there's no playoffs to think about. Again, you know, we have to start thinking about draft picks and we have to really seriously consider at this point is Daniel Jones our quarterback? I mean, what do you think happens if we are 4-9? and nine? Are they going to let Eli play out the string this year and let him ride off into the sunset? Or does he, you know, get benched?
0: You know, it's funny. You know, sometimes we don't agree on anything, and other times we complete each other's sentences. Um, yeah. So as we roll into week 15 against Miami at 1 o'clock, it's a very friendly atmosphere. Miami is likely not going to be very good either. Um, it's a team that we don't face often, once every four years, pretty much, um, once every eight years at home. It's a one o'clock game. It's not a night game. There's less pressure. It's not a national audience. It's probably not going to be televised in a major... I mean, it might be based on the franchises, but...
1: Uh, probably not. Uh, yeah. I'm it's thinking... one of the... It's one of those weird games, Grump, where it's actually it's a home NFC game uh, and it will be on CBS. They're kind of changing the rules a little bit on who's covering what game.
0: Yeah. I've noticed that that's kind of been wonky lately. But, you know, if all of our predictions are right or if our predictions are better than reality, then it's I think it stands to reason that this is the game we see Daniel Jones either start or come in very very early. Um you know it's it's a very friendly atmosphere to break somebody in and you know get used to the pressure I guess. Um I think I think there's a really good chance that we see Daniel Jones in this game.
1: Yeah, I think this sounds like it's su- So I think we're both in kind of an agreement that they are not just going to stubbornly play e- Eli and let him it- let him do his final lap around the league. I think, and I think most fans, I think at that point are going to be demanding to see Daniel Jones.
0: I think, well, there are some fans already demanding that there will be fans demanding that by week two. If we see, you know, a first quarter of week two go as poorly as the first four quarters in week one, that, that chant is only going to get louder. It is what it is. Um, but I think you're right, yeah, and I think at a certain point, management owes itself a look at what's going on, and this is all going to be contingent on you know a number of things, whether it is Eli himself that's playing poorly, you know it, uh, let's say it this way, let's say Eli is playing really well, it's not his fault, but the team is not winning, they're mathematically out of it. Could he get a contract extension? On a one-year deal? Is that possible?
1: Well, I I mean, I'm no capologist, but I know that one of the things floating around during this offseason was you give them the extension now and take this cap hit. You know, the cap money has now spread over two years. But at that point, what's the point? I mean, then it would be like you've drafted really three quarterbacks in the last couple of years, and they're still, you know – have ridden the bench on year two, I don't think they would do it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I would think that the only thing that would keep Daniel Jones out of this game in this scenario where they're not winning is if he has shown in practice that he is just not ready. And I mean, like, really not ready. And I just, I can't see that happening.
1: No. Um, you know, and I also, I hate to say this, and I knock on wood every night, but Eli Manning hasn't missed a game in 15 years due to any injury, and he is getting up there in age. And I, the last couple of years, I've always been fretting the fact, well, what if he's down for four to six weeks? I've always you know, said on this show since we started, you know, our season's over if it does. But, you know, if he does go down for two, three weeks, he may never come back regardless of the record.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, even if we're in a situation, if we're like three and four and he's out for like a month – and we kind of go down to three and seven or something. Or I, I don't think he comes back at all. I think it's once that baton is passed to Jones, whatever the situation is, he's going to take it and run with it. Whether it's you know yeah, a Wally Pip situation or not, I, mean, I, I think it's it, the hardest thing for this franchise to do psychologically is to tell Eli he isn't the starter anymore. And if it goes down because of injury. That's kind of almost like a relief Yeah, I have to make that decision. That's the easy way out. Um,
0: I'll say this. My prediction is we see Daniel Jones in this game for the first time in significant action. I'm not talking about garbage time he comes in because they're winning or losing, but I mean like significant first-quarter action. Um, I think it that things don't go very smoothly. Um, And I think that they can still win despite a rookie QB, and they'll keep it close. And um, he'll play well enough to have reason for the fan base and for the coaches and ownership to have hope. But it won't be enough to win this game.
1: That's what I think. I'm going to shock the world, Grump. I'm going to say Daniel Jones is his first start, and they win an ugly game. And he actually looks halfway halfway confident. I think they'll be Monday morning, you know... Overreaction. Overreaction, for sure, by everybody.
0: All right, so you got to win in what? Pencil? Let's put that in Pencil. All right. Yeah, I've got a loss in Pencil here. I think that he plays well, and everybody is very hopeful about what he can do. The story remains positive on Monday morning, but they're not able to win. You know, it's just a bad team, and that'll be the story. Bad team, but they're in the right direction. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. All right. The irrational exuberance will be at an all-time high, based upon the performance of Daniel Jones, and it might not even be that great. It might be something like eleven for twenty-one for one sixty, a touchdown, no interceptions, and but that's enough for, you know, playing the parade route for some Giant fans,
0: <laughs> especially
1: lately. Exactly. Well, actually, kind of qualifies.
0: Um, yeah, you're right. Those those are actually from, did you pull those statistics from last year?
1: (laughs) I I googled Eli's greatest game 2018, and that's what popped up. Um, so that puts you at
0: five and nine, me at six and eight now. Then we roll away to Washington, week 16 at one o'clock again. Um, this is, this is the game that sucks. Um, it's not a pretty game. It's cold. FedEx Field is ripped to shreds because it always is at this point. And I think that both teams end up slugging it out on the ground. I think that Washington isn't talented in the air. And I think that the Giants aren't talented at keeping their quarterback upright. So that everybody's got to kind of run the ball. Um, and it stays close. And I think that Barkley ends up having a big day, in the screen game especially, and at the end of the game the Reds can start to fall apart. And I think that the Giants win this one. I think this is the one that they win, in pencil, ugly game.
1: I'm going to put this one actually as a win in pencil also. I think this is a game that Washington may kind of need to possibly have a chance for the wild card, and in true Washington fashion, shit the bed. Again, another statistically eh performance by Daniel Jones, but they get the job done, and it get really goes insane. Daniel Jones mania, in New York.
0: Yeah, we got we get our lin sanity
1: going. Oh, yeah. Well, well, just, you know, it'll just be silly season all over again. You know, again, if it, you're going to see a quarterback who's limited in what, you know, offense is given to him, what plays to run. What he actually executes, but it'll be just enough to get a W. And I think that's for a fan base. We said before is starved for anything to already, you know, go to football church on Monday and thank the football gods.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. I, I think you're right, and you know, obviously, the playbook that he's given, it's all going to be contingent on uh, how much he can handle mentally. But uh, it is going to be a different playbook than what Eli Manning is given, right? And I don't mean in terms of um, Size, obviously, that goes without saying. But, I mean, in terms of the plays, given his mobility and his ability to run and move the pocket with a little bit more so, grace.
1: So you're saying different plays than what Eli would run? Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about Mike Shula and, and a guy that has
0: worked with Cam Newton pretty closely, right?
1: Uh, then you got to make sure the offensive line knows all these other plays and practice them up and everything. I think for this type of situation, for this year, he has the playbook, the standard playbook this team is running.
0: Okay. Because there's like a different package, maybe just you know five no. plays.
1: Okay. He's not he's not coming in for special you know situations or for a series here and there. I think I, I think for this year, if he has to come in due to injury or they pull the cord on Eli. He's just running the offense that the, the whole offense is running all year. You'll see, you know, very significant changes next year for what type of plays are called and you know, the cadence of how it is and everything with him with a whole offseason to prepare for it. But I, I think it's too much on the, the whole offense to, uh, to change on the fly like that. All
0: right. And that brings us to Week 17, a home game against Philly at 1 o'clock. I think that if the Giants are roughly in the 500 point, which is, I've got them, I think, 7 and 8. And you've got them... Oh, I'm lost here. Um, Doing better. 6 and 9. So, you know, close to 500. I think that if... If they were at 500 right now and Eli were still playing quarterback, that this is a close game. Um, if he were playing well enough to to keep the quarterback spot, this would be a close game. But I'm not predicting that that's the case. So Jones is playing quarterback, and I think that he's running for his damn life. It's just, this ends up being yeah a, a loud game. It's not quite a home field advantage, but it's a tense crowd and then as the Eagles start to pull away and make plays it becomes more and more that Philly crowd that we hate
1: I, uh, I say this is Giants in pencil almost in pen and my reason is very simple okay. by week 17 yep. Philly has a division locked up you will not see any starter of any significance you will see vanilla 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 you will see the Giants trying to win this game You're going to see Daniel Jones playing more, again, with maybe a little better stats because you're seeing pretty much the second unit on defense from Philly most of the game. And since it's meaningless to Philly, I think the Giants win it.
0: So I actually have in my notes right here, Philly plays all starters despite having clinched the division at this point, but pull punches and play calling late in the game, to give the Giants the victory. If Jones is playing, however, he's running for his life, and it won't matter how many punches are pulled. So I, I agree with you in theory. I still think that, you know, it's it's late in the year. I don't know what starters are in and out, but given the depth on this team, I think that it ultimately ends up not mattering. And I, I don't think, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if Philly is the team that rests their starters or just kind of puts their foot off the gas.
1: Grump, we I, I've been saying this since he was hired I think Joe Peterson's an asshole I don't think he's a very good coach um, they won a Super Bowl but I've I never been impressed with Joe Peterson alright I, mean, I, I don't know it was not, I don't think he, I think I don't think however saying that he's that dumb just put his starters in, in a meaningless game
0: so you think that's a bad idea
1: I think playing any of those guys for one second is a bad idea. With the caveat, if they have home field clinched for at least a bye in the first round, then I could possibly see some of those guys play for a quarter because you may not want those guys not to play for two weeks. Possibly. But even so, playing for, like I said, maybe three, four series and that's it. But if it's just they win they win the east and they're nine and six heading to that game, and they're the three seed, no chance
0: interesting. What if they'd only clinched a wild card but just, it's they, theoretically theoretically that Dallas was ahead of them. they still had a clinched playoff spot, but just the wild card
1: mathematically eliminated from the division
0: yeah because this is the last game of the year
1: so it's 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 possible then i then i think they they rest everybody yeah if their if their situation is known if they know they're going to be a wild card they're playing on the road the following week i think they're all rested there's no point in playing the game for them okay but but if they're you know they're a game behind Dallas going into week 17 and in the way it kind of shakes out if they win their their division champs then I'd say you'll see them play you'll you'll see them play full bore, then I put it in uh, Eagles and Penn, but I don't think that's gonna happen. I think they already have the division already locked up.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think there's any chance that they're not already division winners by week seventeen.
1: Yeah. So then you've got them as a winning pencil there. I put that as a win in pencil, and I mean it's just one of those. It's just circumstance and situation. It's got nothing to do with who's better, who isn't. It's just we have more to play for in terms of development and getting reps for our quarterback than you know a, a meaningless game by a team headed to the playoffs.
0: I've got this one as a loss in pencil, and you know what that okay. means. We both have them ending the year at seven wins and nine losses.
1: And I'm looking at it from my perspective. That's seven and nine. I'm feeling pretty good about myself heading into the off season. And I think the coaching staff and the team in general should feel better about themselves heading in. Because we will have seen – I have Daniel Jones winning the last uh, three games. Yeah. You're going to hear about that all off season. All offseason, you're going to hear Eli Manning retire, and everybody is going to be even happier. Like not like good good riddance, Eli, but just like let's have a celebration for him for retiring. But we are in good hands right now, and people are going to feel they're in better hands, and they maybe actually are because of the little winning streak and the spark that the potential of what Jones is. What that ceiling for Jones is, we're not going to know for a couple of years. But again, irrational exuberance is what you're going to be feeling from from Giant Nation.
0: Yeah, I, I um, we'll have seen a two win increase for the second year in a row now, going from three and thirteen to five and eleven, and then seven and nine. That doesn't seem like a lot, and seven and nine doesn't sound great. But you know these these you have to understand that we're doing this while slashing everybody where you're slashing your star playmaker on offense. Um, you know, the, the contracts that they got rid of on defense are incredible, including a first round pick, a first round pick on the offensive line is gone too. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, we were a rudderless ship last year we're heading into November, December. Nobody knew what this team was going to do. You know, everybody was saying, we need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. Uh, you know, people were getting on everybody on this team. You know, the offensive line has to still be rebuilt. Defense looked awful. We just got rid of, you know, Eli Apple during the season. We had the purging by the trade deadline. All these things were happening and we were just a, you know, a rudderless ship at sea. Fast forward a year later. Yes, Beckham is gone. Yes, we're still feeling the effects of the purge, but we're hoping that, you know, it'll be the second decent draft class we've had. We've cut down the salary to a manageable level that can actually go out and maybe pick up a a key spot or two in in different places. We feel like we have a quarterback, maybe irrationally exuberant about it or not. But still, that question about we need a quarterback will be at least temporarily put on hold. And just the feeling of let's get through this offseason. Let's have another good draft. Let's pick up some key guys in free agency, and then let's start talking about the playoffs. So the mindset of everybody's in the 180-degree difference than it was you know, in December 2018.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that when you're building like this, you know, we have what I would consider an above-average starting roster, but a below-average team, 7-9 below average, a below-average team because of the lack of depth. And just by adding key-depth players that can... Give some starters some rest, or if a starter goes down, let them have the adequate time to fully heal without a huge drop off in play. That's not a two-win difference, that's a four-win difference. Do you know what I mean? Like as you as we got better here, we went from three and thirteen to five and eleven to seven and nine. Once you're at this point and you can get those depth players and then fill, you know, like the one key spot or two key spots with, with a huge increase in talent. Now you're talking about a four-win jump instead of a two-win jump. Those those are the underappreciated, more important things, like depth. So what w- w- we're we're talking about now is ma- getting getting to that point of a, a solid roster where you can make that big leap into being competitive. It, it's a sudden. That's where the sudden leap
1: is. Yeah. Um. I've, I'm gonna, if we just continue like our little, you know, way too early predictions. My attitude's gonna be, I might be one of those irrational exuberant guys. <laughs> I, I'm gonna feel like, you know, I think we're a really good draft away from contending. Sure. For I, you know, I would be that guy too. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's been so bad for so long around here, and uh, but I am gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to pump the brakes on the Daniel Jones stuff, you know. We are going to look at the numbers. We are going to see what he's really doing, and that's where Grum comes in because he's the much better person on film than I am. I am the just, you know, <laughs> the guy who just jumps up and down for everything, but well, if we
0: good you know, or bad. Well, you know, we were talking about if Daniel Jones goes 11 for 21 with a touchdown and no interceptions. I'm going to look at that just as critically as if he were to go nineteen of twenty-three for two touchdowns and no interceptions, or three touchdowns and no interceptions, I'm going to really look at that and see how much of it is scheme. You know, who is really bailing him out? If he did everything right, or if he got lucky? You know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to really look at it, and because I, I think the best example, there's there's two really good examples, right? I mean, there's Dak Prescott who has. Decent numbers, but low attempts. You know, real real easy to throw the ball when your running game is as solid as it is. Your stats start getting padded towards the end of the game.
1: Yeah, um, and, that, and that's their offense, too. It's never going to be it's not him his throwing fault. 45 times. Yeah. It's not his
0: fault, but, I mean, you know, if, if you're writing out the list of Pro Bowl NFC quarterbacks, he's not at the top of the list. Um, he's going to be paid like it. Exactly, and th- th- this is where the important distinction is. But the other, the other example is Jared Goff. And, you know, totally different. Definitely an arm, you know, a throwing quarterback. A lot is put on his shoulders. But, you know, as it comes out, we're seeing that um, McVeigh has kind of been doing a lot of the quarterback work for him by, you know, drawing up the plays, getting to the line of scrimmage as fast as possible so that he can read the defense before the microphone and the helmet is cut off. Now, is that, like, a minor gripe? Yeah, it is. I mean, because it's totally within the rules, and no quarterback has to be Peyton Manning on the field, you know. However, it is a little bit more telling of the type of quarterback that he is. If he is fooled, and maybe he's easily fooled. Mm-hmm. These are important things to truly look at, not just the numbers and, you know, the wins. If you really want to get into the meat of... Uh, who Daniel Jones is as a quarterback?
1: We're gonna to have to see, Grump. It's, I mean, we're now we're talking, you know, seventeen games from now, a lifetime as far as the NFL is concerned. You know, we don't know. Does does government want to do another purge at the uh, trade deadline this year? You know, we don't know. You know, we don't know what's gonna happen with this team. Is anybody gonna be out for the year? It changes some plans. Um, you know, I want to just get through training camp with no significant injuries. So, but I, I think we've done a pretty good job of making realistic guesses. And I think we should, one thing we'll do as the season goes on, you know, after each game happens and our, you know, our Monday, you know, breakdown of the previous game, we will refer to these to see, you know, how off we really were. And, uh, you know, Grump, if you could like, a sentence or two that we said for each one, save it in the archives. You can bring those back again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd I'd be happy to. I mean, I have my notes here, so I kind of have an expanded version of what was going on in my head. Maybe I didn't say it on the show, but you know, that's always (laughs) going to be helpful too. And, And of course, as the season goes on, we will, or as the season begins, I should say, we will then bring our podcast back to the two episodes a week where we preview the game right before with a much more educated prediction and preview of what's going to happen. Uh, and then we can kind of recall that as well, you know, as we go over the game.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And as until training camp starts, which is about what? Another month? July 25th.
0: So there you go. So as you guys are listening to this, the first training camp open to the public is July 25th. I don't know if there's one before that, but, you know, regardless, we're, we're about a month out from uh, pretty much preseason time, so that's, that's pretty crazy. It's, it's You know, it, on the one hand, I'm excited and I feel like I've been waiting forever, and on the other hand, it doesn't feel like it's been
1: that long. Yeah, it's one of those things when you have such a bad year, you kind of want to divorce yourself from the team a little bit, take a break and mental break, and not think about it for a while. Sit on the beach, play some golf, you know. Then, you know, before you know it, the draft creeps in, you get a little excited, and then, you know, these things happen, and before you know it, you know it's starting to get hot out. Late June in New York, it starts to get a little sticky, and you know, get into the dog days of baseball, basketball, hockey. You're done, and you're like. I'm ready for the NFL. I'm ready for college football to start again. And this week has really been the first week I've been like, all right, it's time to stop reviewing and really start looking ahead to the next season. So I'm excited that we're, 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 we're starting to get there. Um, You know, we'll talk for the next month or so about, uh, you know, our roster previews and position breakdowns and all those different things. But uh, we're getting close. Uh, When does college football start? Uh, actually one month from two months from today, rather is the first game of the year. Our beloved Florida Gators are playing Miami in Orlando in, the, in like a kickoff game. It's the first college game of the year and it's been moved up a week. So we are two months away from that
0: in Orlando. Is that the, uh, the famous Apollo stadium?
1: Uh, no, this is at the, uh, at the citrus bowl. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, It'll be eighty percent Gator fans there, and uh, you know it should be good times. So, you know, if anybody's interested in hearing more about that, you can check out my companion podcast, "Mark and the Cranky Fan," where we talk all things Florida Gator footballs. So, how's that, Grump? For a nice segue,
0: it's perfect. And what I was just going to say is, uh, if you follow me on Twitter at football underscore Grump, I'm going to be a little bit more in depth about this uh, than on the show. Um, I, I try not to make college creep too much into this show uh, just because there's too much going on throughout the week to really balance both of them in uh, coherent uh, episodes. But I uh, I watch college football, for, for those of you who are newer to the shows, I, I watch college football very differently than any other fan. I don't have a specific team that I follow very closely or that I root for really hard. I like watching players that are going to make the transition to the NFL. So I am, I'm watching games. So if, if there's a good matchup between, um, I, I don't know, a left tackle and a pass rusher, that's going to happen. I want to watch that game, even if it's USC and Notre Dame or something like that. I, I truly don't care. So if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be talking very specifically about um, players to watch in the upcoming year. And things of that nature, college football-wise. So that would be at football underscore grump, where also, obviously, I'm going to talk a lot about Giants football.
1: As you all know, I am a maniac for Florida Gator football, so I'll be talking specifically about the Gators and wearing my emotions on my sleeve at the Cranky Fan. So get ready for another roller coaster ride with me this upcoming fall.
0: <laughs> and, um... Of course, there's also the podcast's Twitter handle at Just Giants Pod, where all the episodes are bumped there. So if Twitter is your main thing, that is your weekly reminder of when our episode is up and ready to listen.
1: That's correct, and we will have this up. We're trying to get it up earlier on Tuesday mornings, but you know, I try to sleep in a little bit too. So if I get up early enough and uh, I can get out there before your drive to work on Tuesday, I will do so.
0: Regardless, it will definitely be ready by your drive home Tuesday.
1: <laughs> Unless you are a night watchman and you are driving home at 8 in the morning. Then it will not be. So. Unless you're a grave digger. Exactly. Well, Judge Smale said it best. He said the world needs ditch diggers too. So. There you go. So while that's it for
0: this week, next week, being that it's summer, uh, we're going to take the week off and just kind of kick back and get ready for, you know, the upcoming training camp, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, man. You know, it's 4th of July week. Let's take a whole real vacation off, you know. Our OTAs are over. Our mini camps haven't started yet. So we'll uh, we'll uh, take a week and we'll just rest up and we'll be ready to have a whole – our whole summer slash fall previews will be in the can ready to get going when we get back. Yeah.
0: So when we come back on July 9th, we hope all of you are listening with all 10 fingers.
1: Ouch. (laughs) All right, everyone.
0: Let's go, Giants. Go,
1: Giants.